Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Blue, speaking to you after the Raptors. Unfortunately, they lose. Um, they got a golden opportunity here um, against the Boston Celtics. I mean, look, listen, golden opportunities may be overstating it. Like, I, I, I get it. On paper, the fact that they don't got Jason Tatum, they don't got Al Horford, they don't got Chris Tapps Porzingis, um, that is a golden opportunity for sure. But uh, this is like saying a billionaire just lost a couple million. Um, this team is still very stacked. They are still very much indeed a rich team. And the Boston Celtics uh, had more than enough tonight to be competitive, especially at home where they're 16-0, and by the way, which is just an incredible record. Um, but obviously last night they lost, or they they, they lost. Um, they defeated the Detroit Pistons in overtime. That game was really entertaining, honestly. And it took a heroic effort from um, Porzingis. It took a heroic effort from Derek White, to get them uh, over the line in that one. And, um, yeah, I mean, this game, the second night, you know, they weren't going to play Horford the second night, but Porzingis unable to play, Tatum unable to play. I mean, still, though, they got pieces, man. I mean, like, you know, you take those guys out. Okay, Jalen Brown plays 41 minutes, gives you 31 points. Uh, Derek White, even though he shot the ball uh, pretty poorly overall from the field, 5 of 19 tonight, still finishes 21 points. Um, thanks in part to the fact that he had nine of nine from the free throw line, made a whole bunch of defensive plays that you expect from him and was creating a lot of uh, crunch time offense late. Drew Holiday didn't even hear his name, honestly, that much today, but still Drew Holiday is obviously a quality player. Luke Cornett steps in the starting five, gives them 20 points on nine of 11 shooting with five offensive rebounds, just looking like very, very dominant um, around the basket. And so this team still had it. And if you want to, I don't know, I, I guess there's definitely cause to to whine about the fact that the Raptors lost about this one. You know, I, I'm not happy about the Raptors losing this one. But, you know, I, I think, yeah, I mean, the opportunity was there, but the Raptors, you know, at least put themselves into that position to take advantage of the fact that Boston had these missing pieces. Because I thought the Raptors actually played outside of the first quarter, which was just really, really terrible. The Raptors lost the first quarter 35-20. to 20. Outside of the first quarter, the Raptors actually played – pretty good basketball like this is like about as entertaining as Raptors basketball gets um right now and and yeah I mean of course you can lament the idea that like yes the Raptors best effort recently is against a Celtics team that is without two of their three or I guess two slash three starters Horford I guess sometimes starts when it comes out the bench whatever without three rotation players um is, is like as close as it gets to the Raptors getting the best efforts but honestly that's true that's and that's the state of the team right now. So of course, bigger picture, there's obviously lots of problems. But day to day, in terms of comparing this game, for example, versus like you know the games that they've had recently, where they've lost to you know the Knicks or they've lost to um, you know Brooklyn or, or or all these losses, Miami, you know all these ones I keep stacking up recently, uh, Philadelphia. Like this was a better effort, and it wasn't just because Boston was without some of their top players. Like I, I think that the Raptors are obviously trying something very different right now. Uh, with the starting lineup change, putting Gary Trent Jr., promoting him in place of Dennis Schroeder. Um, and, I mean, you know, <laughs> that is at least giving us a different structure of how the Raptors want to play. They start the game with Scotty Barnes, very involved, touching the ball as often as you can. I mean, like, this isn't exactly like James Harden or Luka Doncic with, like, having the ball every single time down, running, pick and roll, having the ball for like the entire game. But Scotty has the ball a ton right now. 
and he has the ultimate green light, evidenced by the fact that he shot 15 threes, and he actually made seven, which is a career high, including a, a late three there in the fourth quarter to tie the game, for the or to put the Raptors up three after the Celtics had tied the game. So Scotty's confidence from three was even ongoing throughout the entirety of the game. Um, so you're seeing Scotty touch the ball a lot. You're seeing him dictate offense for the starting group. Starting group still doesn't really work, um, you know, and I think that uh, there are obviously more adjustments to be made there, but... I think that what it's ultimately done in the bigger picture, which is something Darko's talked about the last two press conferences he's done, uh, is just the fact that Scotty is, you know, on the ball, touching the ball every single time and, you know, getting his uh, impact on the game no matter what. And, um, you know, we are seeing the positive effects of that. Like he is giving you stat lines like 30 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, a steal, three blocks, hitting seven threes. And after the game, you're not even like necessarily like, wow, I'm buzzing. Like, this is actually just the standard. Like, you, you know, I wouldn't be buzzing, for example, about Luca giving me 30, you know, 10 and 5. I'd be like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's that's Luca. Like, this is how natural it feels right now with Scotty, you know, being involved to this degree. So that was awesome to see. Um, Pascal, I thought, was also a really, really great contributor in this one. 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Was excellent in the first half. Um, wasn't as involved in the second half, but in the moments that he were, uh, he was still giving the Raptors uh, a plenty. But at the same time, you know, I think what it shows me is that Pascal and Scotty can definitely both play and coexist and have good games. This is what they've been doing pretty much for the last month is Pascal gets his, Scotty gets his, and everybody else has to sort of try to figure out how to exist around that. And I think that's the bigger issue, right? It's like clearly the Raptors don't know, A, who fits around that, and B, like who should be the ones existing around that structure. Because you look at it and, you know, the starting five is still pretty clunky. Um, you know, I think the starting five, first off, for me, I understand and I appreciate the idea of let's spread it around. Let's try to get everyone a little bit of touches. Let's see what happens. But, like, honestly, it's like the same thing I've said the last couple um, of games it's my lingering impression on the season. Like, yeah, it's cool to see these guys try to play this point five, you know, try to, you know, see who's got it going on any given night. But like, when can we just fast forward to the point where Pascal and Scotty have the ball every time? Cause those are the guys who create advantages. And when you give guys like OG, the opportunity to attack off a curl against a really good team, like the Celtics, not like against the Washington wizards, whatever he had 26 good game, that one. Right. But okay. He's coming off a curl and he's getting guarded by like, Derek White chasing him or like Jalen Brown chasing him. And then OG has to like do something off the dribble because the Celtics are a professional outfit, really professional outfit. They got a seven footer at the rim. I mean, it's Luke Cornett, but damn, Luke Cornett is actually like a huge impediment because he's not jumping and his hands are always straight up. So he's at the rim. OG's got to make a move and he gets poked from behind. And instead, the Celtics go the other way for a layup. Or it's like Gary Trent Jr.'s got to attack off the dribble. Same kind of scenario, gets downhill. Um, tries to score against a little floater or a little push shot, mid-range shot, whatever, falls over twice. Both times the Celtics go the other way and Jalen Brown gets off for threes. And all of a sudden you're in the pressure cooker right away against the Celtics because their crowd is all over you. Uh, Jalen Brown is going for four straight threes in the first quarter. Your offense, even though you're getting open looks, you're missing them. That's creating you know, a, a sense of doubt in you, and that's also creating opportunities for the Celtics to get out in transition. Raptors transition defense in the first half. I mean, that's the number one reason why the Raptors lost tonight. Transition defense sucked to start the game, and they got to figure out a better way to not just get back in transition better, but also take better shots, especially you have situations where it's like so obvious, where, again, two instances, not to pick on Gary, but Gary had two opportunities in the first quarter where he's looking to attack, getting downhill, kind of shooting on the move, whatever. These aren't the greatest shots, but these are kind of shots that you need to see from 
somebody at least in the shooting guard position for the Raptors, whether that's Gary or someone else moving forward in the future, someone's got to take that opportunity and, and score, right? It, it's it's pick and roll coverage where, you know, it's a seven-footer who's dropped back in the paint and the Raptors have a guard curling to catch the ball with some momentum getting downhill. It's a, that's an opportunity that most players uh, at, at the shooting guard position would be licking their chops at in terms of like, okay, now I get something to do. I got, I got a great advantage. I could do something here. But when those opportunities come up short and he falls over and the Celtics are sprinting the other way, I'm sorry, but, you know, they just got to be a lot better. They just got to be a lot better. Where they did do well uh, for the Raptors all night, but especially in the first half, it was so evident. Pascal and Scotty, those are the two guys who give you advantages. They need to touch the ball every single time they have a mismatch. And this needs to be drilled into the team as much as possible. It starts with Darko. Um, it needs to go through the point guard, whoever it is. Obviously, when Scotty has the ball at point, there's no issues with this. Um, the only issue with Scotty at point is now that the Raptors have him handling the ball and trying to initiate the top. No one is actually getting him in position to score. So, you know, that's a big difference because you, you fast forward, for example, to the end of the game. The Raptors do get Dennis on the floor and now Scotty can be the screen setter or he can, you know, uh, you know, cut off ball and just get himself open, get himself mismatches, demand the ball, and then the ball can go to him and then he could score. It's a little harder to do that when he's the point guard bringing it up. He's got to give it to someone else. That other person has to not be looking to only score, has to be looking for Scotty to, you know, trying to set him up. You know, to be honest, there is no natural playmaker in that starting fight. I would say, I guess Jakob, but Jakob, all he has is the high-low passes or little push shots. Like, that's not going to be enough to move nobody. So, you know, it, it is a little bit difficult. But still, when the second unit comes in, and, and they're playing those like mix and match lineups with Scotty or Pascal, one of them on the floor, one of them off the floor, or even with both of them on the floor, especially with both of them on the floor. They need to find ways to get the mismatches and give them the ball, period. I get it that, you know, you might want to move around. You might want to play pick and roll the traditional way. You know, you might want to see who's got to hear, who's got to hear. No. <laughs> no, that, that's my answer to that is just no. We are going to get Pascal and Scotty. Uh, if they have mismatches, just give it to them directly. If they don't have mismatches, have them screen for the ball, get the defense into rotation to some degree, see how the defense reacts. The Celtics defense likes to switch. Perfect. Now you switch a smaller guard on them, and then you give them the ball. Then your job is done. Then you're, actually, your job's not done. You got to space out. You got to read when the double teams are coming, and you got to get your best shooter on the strong side to or receive the kickout, or at least line up your shooter so that the kickout and the next pass and the next pass, that's the offense. And... I thought the Raptors figured that out as the game went on. But to start the game, there were some big instances where this didn't happen. And there was a really you know, notable example of this um, where Jack pointed it out on the broadcast. And I, I'm loving when Jack is coaching through the broadcast because it makes so much sense when you hear him talk about it. In fact, sometimes I'm like, you know, Jack, you go coach the team, man. What you're saying makes up perfect sense. You know what I mean? So uh, there was a play in the second quarter where um, – you know, the Raptors had a mismatch. I believe it was Pascal who had a miss. Oh, it's the first quarter. Sorry. Pascal had already had it going in the first quarter. Nobody else. I mean, it was him and Scotty in the first quarter, and that's it, right? OG, you know, falling over, getting poked. Uh, Gary, you know, you know, doing his thing, not getting back in transition. Jakob, obviously, just not a, a non-factor, just trying to get out the way. Like, literally, Jakob's role on the offense is either high-low passes without a, any inkling to score um, or it's just try to get out the way. Like, it, that's that's it. So it, it's Pascal got the ball, and, and, and Pascal's got it going, and, um, you know, he's 
got Peyton Pritchard on him in the post. And Pascal's like, all right, I'm going to seal, put my hand up. The man put my hand up, and Dennis has the ball at the top. And instead of doing that, Dennis sees, oh, there's an opportunity here where the defender is sagging off of me. I'm going to shoot this three. Um, and whatever. It's not like a terrible shot in the sense that the defender is sagging off, and he can hit some threes, but it's a terrible shot within the context. What's the opportunity cost of that three? It's the fact that Pascal did not touch it in the post against Peyton Pritchard. You know, it's, it's uh, and, and meanwhile, so obviously the, the shot misses from three. The Celtics break the other way, and Chris Boucher is up at the basket, not strong enough against Jalen Brown, who scores up and scores an and one through contact. So that's a huge swing. Like, how do you get down 15? You get five momentum swings. You get Gary missing a shot, the Celtics break for three. You get Gary missing another shot, the Celtics break for another three. You get uh, Pascal not touching the ball against Pritchard, and the Celtics go for an and one. That's already nine of the points of the 15 points that you're down. Like the 15 points is it, it comes from like specific tangible mistakes like that. It's too costly to do things like that. Right. And it was interesting because later on in, in the quarter, Pascal does get the ball um, on the perimeter. This time, Scotty's got Peyton Pritchard on him. And all Pascal does is direct the ball towards his direction and then immediately feed it to Scotty in the post against Pritchard. And it didn't result in a make but scotty was able to get into the post touch the paint draw two cross court kick and it was a decent look for a three you know what i mean so what i think what this illustrates is just guys like pascal are actually not only are they willing to attack and score which i feel like for a lot of guys in this team they struggle with but the second thing is when he does get it or even when he's not getting it he knows he just wants to play the right way like this is the right way you're playing through pascal and scotty that's it. I'm sorry it's repetitive, but I need to see this being repetitive in the game. And look, honestly, this became repetitive in the game because, honestly, the second quarter, the Raptors just got the three ball going, and that's the only reason they kind of stuck in it because, honestly, to start the third, second quarter, I couldn't believe this. But the Celtics had Peyton Pritchard, Svee Mihailuk, they had Sam Hauser, Luke Cornett, and Derek White. They had an all-white lineup on the floor against the Raptors, and they were cooking the Raptors. And, and, like, this is just all credit to them. Like, they were playing great basketball. They were moving, cutting. They were walking in for, for layups for Cornette, who is seven foot tall with good hands right at the basket. Like, you cannot set up better shots in basketball than what this group was doing. That was amazing to watch. Meanwhile, the Raptors were floundering. I don't even know what they were doing. Raptors at one point, and this is how you know they, weren't, they didn't know what they're doing. Raptors, like, shifted into a zone, like, mid-possession for, like, one possession. And in that one possession, Svima Mihailik cut towards the middle and got in for a wide open shot. Like literally like cut from the middle and into the middle of the paint and got an uncontested shot. Like, come on. You're playing zone. Like, the whole goal is to protect the paint. So anyway, that wasn't great. Uh, Precious checks into the game. Um, and, and first thing he does is, oh, I'm going to beeline to the basket. I see Svima Mihailik, my former teammate. I'm going to post him up. I'm going to go one-on-one. It's like, wow, Celtics not even bring help. One-on-one goes up for a jump hook against Vima Hilek and, and smokes it. Like, your first priority after being like the 11th guy to check into the game cannot immediately be, I'm going to go ISO. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, we have to have standards. We have to have roles. We have to have discipline if we're going to, like, have any chance of coming in and, and, and playing good basketball. Thankfully, Scotty and Pascal return to the game. Scotty makes two threes. Pascal gets an and one. Scotty makes another three. Pascal makes a three from the top. You know, Pascal makes an and one. Pascal gets downhill around Drew Holiday and scores. Pascal knocks down a corner three. Pascal drops 
Jalen Brown, like, literally drops him to the earth, gets to the basket, misses the shot, but he drew the help, and Jakob's right there for the putback, wide open. Like, that, that was great. That's what kept the Raptors even remotely in the game in the first half was Scotty and Pascal going up to that degree. But then, meanwhile, you had plays where when other guys had it. Like, the Raptors, okay, they got to stop. I think Pascal or Scotty, one of the two of them, threw a head-to-head pass to OG, who had a leak opportunity, one-on-one against Jalen Brown. Now, eh, Jalen Brown obviously is a pretty athletic defender, but OG decides to hesitate, stay down, pauses. He loves pausing and gathering and then trying to go up strong and trying to dunk it on guys. And instead of going up strong, he waited so long that Sam Hauser recovers all the way back and rejects OG, and it gets the crowd going. Like, the crowd is obviously great at Boston anyway. Like, the energy in there sounds like like a like like a rally. Like, it's, it's an incredible uh, amount of pressure that they put on you. But when you allow plays like that, where it looks like, oh, my God, my team just got a miss. Now, this Raptors got an opportunity for a layup. They're, they're, he's loading up for a dunk. And then, boom, blocked by Sam Hauser. It's the kind of stuff that really puts a lot of pressure on you. So the Raptors are trailing heading into the third quarter. Third quarter, kind of the same deal, really. I think the Raptors just couldn't really, you know, stop the Celtics, um, you know, until the fourth quarter. And there was a key adjustment there. But, you know, at this point, Darko's trying stuff, man. Uh, Darko's trying stuff. It's still the same stuff. Like, Pascal and Scotty's still getting their things going. Scotty is also great great blocks. Scotty knocking down threes at the top. No hesitation. OG finally gets it going for like a little stretch there of two passes from Scotty to get him two threes. Scotty with a you know hustle play to get a deflection off of Drew Holiday for a turnover. That's not going to count as a steal, but that fully is a steal by Scotty Barnes. Um, you know, Pascal with the turnaround jumper over Jalen Brown. Pascal, you know, uh, draws two defenders, sets up Jacoperto at the rim, fouled. He actually makes both, which is great. Pascal gives it over to Gary, who gets downhill, gets fouled on a drive. Gary with the steal, you know, gets the ball, dunks it the other way. Uh, Dennis gets a one-on-one matchup with Keita. Um, shouts to the Portuguese legend. I, I've seen his I've seen his name way too much uh, relative to how many minutes he plays. But the passion the, the, the passion of the Portuguese fans uh, is is second to none apparently. So shouts to Nemias Keita. But like yeah, he he got he could not contain Dennis on a baseline drive. Scotty gets a steal, gets fouled in transition, um, and you know yeah I mean Scotty drains a three like you know they're keeping a minute but unfortunately the Celtics are also just like they continuously make shots Jalen Brown keeps getting downhill the Raptors try things like a super small lineup at one point they played pretty much the smallest group you can like reasonably play with the Raptors which was Malachi Flynn with Dennis Schroeder as his in, like, in the in the backcourt that's already like tiny two small tiny guards Gary as your small forward and Gary's really like 6'3 six, 6'4 three, six, like 6'3 six, at most man I've slipped beside Gary he's a little bit taller than me you know, like Otto is your four, which in terms of athleticism and all that kind of stuff, like Otto as a four relative to the other fours in the Raptors, you know, not exactly like, you know, off to par, although I do like Otto, but this, I feel like this is setting him up to fail. And then Scotty at five, like this is as small as you can really get. And the Celtics just walking, walking, walking to the basket. And so the Raptors still done double digits heading into the fourth quarter. So what other tricks does Darko have? He's tried Boucher. He was struggling. He tried, you know, Precious, and he immediately ISO'd and then got yanked from the game. Come on, man. Um, so what does Darko do? Well, Darko goes and says, Jalen McDaniels, we need you to come into the game. And I'm thinking, man, uh, I don't know. Jalen McDaniels first quarter, you know, or first half wasn't really like anything. Um, you know, a lot of games he kind of just floats. He kind of has this like low energy kind of thing about him. It feels like at times where it's like he's not exactly but you know what I mean? Like you compare him to Chris Boucher, for example. And like, even though Chris makes a lot of mistakes, um, and but like 
you know, he's buzzing. Like, he's always buzzing around. Scotty's always buzzing, right? McDaniel comes in, he's like, okay, he, he looks kind of like, what, what's going on? You know, like, Percival uh, being a wallflower kind of deal. So, um, yeah, I mean, he, okay, so he comes into the game, and, you know, he's playing him at center. Darko's playing uh, Jalen McDaniels at center. Now, McDaniels is big. He's like, what, 6'10", 6'11". He's pretty tall, honestly. Um, he's one of those guys where he's tall in his listed height, um, you know, if I had to guess. But... He's playing him at center, and it's Luke Cornett on the other side. Now, Luke Cornett, whatever, man. I mean, obviously, he's, he's got the size. Uh, for a while, they played Keto as well, um, but Cornett was definitely the better option here. Um, you know, so what does uh, what 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 does what does this do? Well, first off, it actually spaced out the Celtics really well, because or against them really well, because, you know, for a lot of the game, the Celtics had amazing spacing. I mean, they, they always have amazing spacing. They're obviously a great shooting team. They shot 17 or 39 from three tonight. That's great. But the Raptors actually matched them from three tonight, which is obviously a huge part because of Scotty Barnes hitting seven. Honestly, Pascal hitting two is already pretty good, right, relative to his season standard. But McDaniel's coming in, and even though he was two of seven from three, even though he was two of seven and he had a wild air ball, I think it was his last shot of the game, McDaniel's coming in playing that small ball five allowed two things. One, the Raptors could switch a lot of their pick and rolls, and they were getting crushed on pick and rolls involving Luke Cornett, Okay. Um, they tried blitzing, they tried zoning, they tried two in the ball, all this kind of stuff. Let's just, let's just switch, Let, let's play small ball five and let's switch. And so it resulted in a lot of like McDaniel's possessions against Derek White, McDaniel's possessions against Jalen Brown, McDaniel's against Peyton Pritchard. He was actually getting stops. He was really getting stops. He could move his feet, um, in a way that Yak, I just don't think can, because he obviously he's a wing versus playing as a big, um, and honestly, he was actually coming in and, and, and knocking down shots in, in the fourth quarter. First play, Dennis drive kick. Uh, McDaniel's corner three knocks it in. And it was like, oh, that's a nice surprise. McDaniel's got it. But it's like, it starts to happen. Pascal drives downhill. The help comes over. McDaniel makes a, uh, makes a, makes a cut, you know, uh, you know, gets him an and one. Um, McDaniel with the ducking for another and one. This time it was Scotty drawing a post double, finds McDaniel's. Again, like the help is always going to come from the center. So Cornette's always coming over. McDaniel's either wide open in the corner for three or he's cutting in a, sense, a good sense for timing. And he came in and gave that, you know, um, and yeah, McDaniels, you know, he even had like a play where, again, the ball swung over to him at the top of the floor. The Raptors had their centers having the ball at the top of the floor a lot. They gave it to McDaniels. And so Cornette's laying way off of him because, you know, he's like, I don't care if you made one three. I'm still going to dri- lay back. So McDaniels like, OK, I'm going to take the space. I'm going to dribble in, dribble in, touch the paint, you know, bring just a little tiny bit of help and then swing pass over to Dennis for three. McDaniels was really doing great stuff. Contested Drew Holiday for a miss. Raptors go the other way. Pascal drives it, kicks it to Dennis, wide open for three, knocks it down. 104-102, the Raptors take their first lead. And they had the whole thing um, uh, all the way back. And honestly, I think as the course of the game went on, after that one mistake where obviously, you know, Pascal didn't get the ball against uh, Pritchard in the first uh, quarter, they started adjusting. And I noted a couple of plays where... I know Dennis gets a lot of the ire online. And honestly, it's fair. Like, it's fair. Like, you want to see the ball in the point forward's hands rather than his hands, right? And, it's, of course, he's got the ball a lot because he's handling, but he's got to make the right decision of where to send the ball. It's not even so much about how many shots he takes or sometimes it's about which shot he takes. But, honestly, it's to mitigate all that, fine, whatever. Like, he's not going to magically change how good he can make shots. What he can do is change his decision-making and the priorities there. You had the first quarter where Pascal had it against Pritchard. Didn't get the ball to him. Uh, Dennis hit the three, shot the three and missed it, right? This time down, Dennis has Luke Cornett on the switch. 
And I've seen a lot of Dennis Schroeder in his career. Oh, a big, slow center seven-footer against me? Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to set him up, string him out, and then boom, I'm going to drive through him, use my quickness, and go to the rim and, and beat him for a layup or get fouled. Um, that's I know that's what he's thinking in his mind. But instead, Dennis has the ball at the top. Darko is screaming from him from the bench. Pascal screaming from the opposite wing, being like, yo, move the ball, move the ball. And he's like, you know what? I am going to move the ball. I'm going to swing it over to Scotty in the baseline. And Scotty, I think, had maybe Holiday or something on him. I don't forget who it was. But Scotty actually took the ball uh, off the catch, drove it into the middle of the lane, and, and, and shot a jump hook. And that put the Raptors up one in that possession, or, or only within one in that possession. That's the kind of stuff that they needed to do more and more often. Give up the ball, give it to, to Scotty in the post. Another play a couple minutes later. Scotty has the uh, ball, uh, has a... Somebody in the in the mismatch for the for the, in the post, um, Dennis has the ball up top, has a mismatch himself. He gets up to Scotty. Scotty draws a double team in the paint again. Same deal. Uh, Cornet comes over, and then McDaniel's makes the right baseline cut out of the corner. And Scotty, it was a bit of an awkward pass, but he kind of just like dropped the ball in the middle of the lane, um, knowing that McDaniel's is coming over, uh, and McDaniel's is able to finish the layup. So. Stuff like that, like it was actually really working. And I'm and look, I'm not really sure that this is something that's going to consistently happen where it's like McDaniels comes into a game and he flips it around and he's the answer at small ball center. But I think to me, what I appreciate from Darko in this one is number one, first off, recognizing that you needed to have a switchy group on the floor to neutralize a lot of what Boston was doing. That was a smart decision by Darko defensively. But even offensively, recognizing that your five spot has given you nothing offensively, whether that is um, we're going to play uh, Jakob at five. Like, I mean, yeah, he can give you a couple of floaters and flip shots. Doesn't change the game at all, right? You know, coming off the bench, it was Chris who got the first shot, was wildly erratic, forcing some shots, giving up and ones, take him out. Precious comes in the game for two minutes. All right, what is what are you, you going to do? Precious makes a precious play, forces it, misses a shot. And you know what Darko did? He said, you know what? I've already benched you once or twice now. And you come in and do that, you're out the game again. Two minutes, that's it. Only two minutes are precious. That's what you need from a coach, discipline. You don't do the right things on, 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 you know, in the game, discipline. Only way you can discipline a player, you take them out of the game. That's it. That's the only way. I don't want to see no call-outs in the media, all that kind of stuff. I don't need to see reports, all that kind of stuff. You take them out of the game when they make mistakes. And when they get their chance to go back in, you see if they make the same mistake. If they make the same mistake, you pull them again, another two-minute shift. If they play well, you stick with them. So, you know, and, and it's not, and look, all credit to Precious. Last game against the Wizards, he didn't come into the game in the rotation until Jakob got some foul trouble. He comes in for five minutes and plays great defense. That's great. Next game, let's let's reward him again. Let's, let's see what he can do. He makes a mistake, boom, you're out. That's it. So I, I, I really love the approach from Darko here today. I love the fact that the ball started to be prioritized more and more. And, of course, you can always pick out small opportunities and individual opportunities. And especially when the Raptors miss shots, you can definitely hit at them. Like, you know, there's a play late in the fourth quarter where um, it was a stagnant play. The Celtics did, a, a, you know, some good things defensively. But basically the whole possession was Dennis trying to get a pick and roll going with uh, McDaniels. Uh, and then ultimately McDaniels got an open look for a three and, and he missed it. And it's like, man, I can't believe the Pascal Scott didn't touch the ball all, all game. I, I, all possession. I agree with you. Like, I agree with you. Like, honestly, I'd rather see Pascal go up against Derek White. I'd rather see Scotty go up against Drew Holiday or Jalen Brown, whoever. Like, I'd actually rather see that than this. However, over the course of the game, the balance was flowing the right way. So that was another mistake. Even though it was an open shot, it was another mistake. But at least there was momentum towards that. And I definitely felt like as the game was going on, they were prioritizing who was getting the ball. So 
stuff like that was 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 pretty great. Um, OG uh, or Scotty knocking down threes consistently. He knocked down two threes in the fourth quarter. Both were in like one two possession games. Was was all incredible. Um, and yeah, I mean the Raptors just needed to get a little bit more in in, in the last minute of the game. Just a little tiny bit more in the last minute of the game. So you had, for example, in a tie game, um, the Celtics have the ball in the perimeter. They swing it to Jalen Brown. OG gambles and tries to go for the steal. Uh, doesn't get it. Jalen Brown then gets the step, gets around OG, and then he shovels it off to Cornette for the for the lob, for a dunk. Now, Scotty, who was guarding Cornette in that play, steps over for a charge, and it probably was a charge because Jalen Brown fully knocked him over. You're not going to get that call in TD Garden. You're not going to get that call in TD Garden. So... Whatever, but I'm not I'm not blaming the refs for that one so much as I'm blaming OG for not playing disciplined defense against Jalen Brown. Because guess what? A couple plays before that, OG one-on-one against Jalen Brown, staying in front of him, being solid, using the physicality, using the length. Jalen Brown couldn't even get a shot up against him. And of course, like there were obviously over the course of the game, Jalen Brown got his points. But when OG locked in one-on-one, you saw OG's incredible one-on-one defense. When he gambles in that key instance. All of a sudden, you give up uh, in a in a two point game or in a, in a tie game. You give up a two point lead to the Boston Celtics. Now they're going the other way. Raptors get a switch. They get Dennis on Cornet this time. Dennis gets Cornet strung out, and he actually does the move that he wanted to do before, which is drive around Cornet, draw the foul, and the foul did was was drawn, and he goes to the foul line. Unfortunately, misses the first one. He looked absolutely devastated. And look, honestly, out of all the people in the entire team, I want shooting free throws at the end there. Dennis at 87%, like, that's my guy. So the fact that he missed a free throw, that's good process, bad result. You just got unlucky there. You really did. He misses. He makes the second one, at least cuts it um, to a one-point game. The Raptors intentionally foul Drew Holiday. He misses the first one, makes the second one. Now it's 13.2 seconds left. Darko with the timeout, with the ball, drawing a play. What does he come out with? And what did the Raptors come out with? They got the ball um, to Scotty Barnes. Right, they inbounded to Scotty, made sure it's in his hands. Scotty directed, read the sequence, called up Dennis Schroeder for uh, the uh, screen, used the screen um, as sort of a decoy, got around because the Celtics were kind of maybe switching or not, maybe not, whatever. Celtics ultimately were like a like honestly like an eighth like a, an eighth note slow on the switch. Um, they were just a like an eighth note late on on that play, and Scotty decides I'm going to book it. I'm going to get downhill. Now, I think when he watches the playback, he probably could have taken one more step and gone all the way to the basket for a layup, for a dunk, or at least for a foul in a two-point game, which would have been enough. But instead, he gets the step, launches with his two gigantic steps, still stretches to the basket. Um, you know, O'Shea Brissett was in the game to close the game, which was very strange for the last play, but okay, good good defense, I suppose. Um, and he's there for the verticality. Scotty has to stretch around him, and he misses a, the layup. And I think Pascal was there for the maybe a tip in, but he, you know the whatever he couldn't get the tip in to drop either. So Raptors unfortunately missed that shot. They unfortunately lose this game. And there was some like randomness at the end there where the officials called like some really strange foul that I've never seen in my life. But ultimately, yeah, the Raptors lose. It look it, it's heartbreaking. It really is. And like I think the discussion. I know the discussion online is going to be cool. We got to rebuild. Cool. We got to rebuild. Like every conversation is going to be had. And then at the end you put comma and then you say, cool, we got to rebuild. I'm where I'm there with you. I'm there with you until that actually happens. I do want to see the Raptors play better basketball, better process with this stuff. And I got to say tonight was better process. And that's why I feel like good about this. Not good in terms of like the Raptors lost their 12 and 19. There's nothing to feel good about, but like, come on, we got to like live in like the, 
you got to live game to game, at least in the middle of the season. And I'm not saying, like, we change our uh, opinions and we change our strategy game to game. Like, even if the Raptors lose tomorrow against the Detroit Pistons, the worst-case scenario possible, like, that's still not going to change the front office philosophy. Trust me. I'm Like, they are not a team. They're, this is not a front office going to react to, like, individual moments like that. It's even as painful and as embarrassing as it would be if they lost to the, South, uh, the, the Pistons. But the process here was better. The process to get Scotty the ball in, as a point guard in the starting group. Like, the starting group still needs more things to happen with it. The, honestly, they need a better version of Gary with the starting group to make this work. They need Jakob to... Honestly, poor Jakob. He's just... He's just... You know, honestly, man, Jakob could do fine, I guess, if they actually had, like, a really, really good shooting guard with this group. Um, you know, they need to prioritize, you know, the offense. They need to play pretty much perfect basketball. The Raptors tonight, by the way, only four turnovers... I know a lot of the criticism about Scotty at point guard is you might have high turnovers. Four turnovers the entire game. Very, very impressive. That should not be go under, um, uh, not, you know, just not notice, whatever. But, like, obviously they need a better bench. But, like, they played better process. And, like, especially evaluating pieces going forward. Darko is going to be the coach going forward. Scotty is going to be the superstar going forward. The rest of the guys may or may not be there going forward. I need to see those guys. And obviously, Scotty's shown me so much. Seven threes tonight is amazing. But Darko, you know, as the as the season has gone on the last week or so, he's made more and more adjustments. He's he's done what he needed to do, which is take his best confidant in the locker room in uh, Dennis Schroeder and said, you need to go to the bench. I may still close with you, but you need to go to the bench. We need to do this. We need to change it up. He's made him buy that idea. Dennis has bought into that idea, by the way. Dennis coming out tonight. By the way, the high assist numbers are back for Dennis. Nine assists tonight for Dennis. Last game, Sam, you know, what he had like nine assists in that one as well. So it's similar to the start of the season, for example. But he's got him to buy into this idea. And, of course, there are going to be more and more things to move towards. But they're actually playing towards a more optimized version of what they currently have. And that does not take away from the overall bigger picture is that what they ultimately have is not enough, but at least maximize what you have. That was my only gripe with this whole thing. That, well, nah, that and some of the lines were corny, but whatever. Who Put, put aside the corniness, whatever. Like, that's irrelevant. Optimize the group that you have. And I did feel like Darko tried, shifted, disciplined certain guys, and he really tried to make the optimal thing work. And whatever. We can cry about the fact that the optimized game for the Raptors with Scotty hitting seven threes, with Pascal scoring 27, with only four turnovers all game, with Jalen McDaniels giving you a, a miracle off the bench, a great adjustment from Darko, all that, and you still lose to the Celtics without uh, with, without Tatum, without Chris Tapps, without Al Horford, but whatever. You know, honestly, in Masai's words, this is the team that we have right now. So at least get the best out of them. And I thought the Darko did get the best effort out of the Raptors that he could tonight. It still wasn't enough. That's why you got to rebuild. But at least in that sense, I'm happy with this. So I, I've rambled on long enough. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Oh, your three stars from tonight's performance. I mean, look, Scotty was amazing. 30 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. A steal should really be two steals. There's another play where he knocked it off of uh, Drew Holiday and it went out of bounds. I mean, that's not a steal, but, I mean, it's a change of possession. So a steal, three blocks. 10 of 24 from from the field. Had a really good chance to try to tie it at the end there and force overtime potentially. Uh, couldn't get it to drop, but I love the process. I love the fact that they gave Scotty the ball, you know, at the end of the game. Like, that's pretty significant. In terms of who are we prioritizing? What are we trying to do? We want to develop Scotty. We want to bring the best out of him. So what do you do? End of the game, you give him the ball 100%. And they did that. 
seven threes made is incredible. He was so, like, he honestly took, like, three bad threes tonight. But, like, the fact he's willing to take 15 threes and seven threes made, like, that's ridiculous. Jack's on the broadcast joking that we do have Steph Curry on the bench. Like, it, it, anyway, Scotty was amazing, as he has been all season. All-star, by the way. Second star, Pascal Siakam, 27 points, five rebounds, five assists, two steals, 10 of 18 from the field, knocked down two of five from three. Two of five from three is like a godsend for Pascal from three. Like if he could just be two of five from three, nobody would complain about the fit as much. Like I, I swear that would that would alleviate a lot of things. Now, of course, two of five from three is a modest request, but it's something he can do. And I like the fact that he was looking for the threes tonight. Five minutes on the free throw line, whatever. He missed one too many, whatever. But like, Still, really, really effective game from Pascal Siakam. I can't overlook the fact that, like, he was getting by Drew Holiday, like, speeding him, spin move, baseline, layup. He's got, he got Derek White on him, uh, fade away jumper, shoot over the top of him. Jalen Brown, take him into the post, uh, fade in the mid-range, shoot over the top of him, score. Like, when he draws double teams, make the right pass, kick out, unselfish. Like, dude, that, that's really special. That, that is really, really special. And I know it gets lost on the whole thing. We're all very excited for Scotty, but like, honestly, d- like, don't overlook what this duel is. Like, it is really, really good. Now, they need to surround the rest of it with better, but they have been performing really well the last couple uh, weeks. So I really want to just recognize that. And your third star, I mean, honestly, man, Jalen McDaniels. Wow. 13 points, 15 minutes off the bench. If I have a 10 shooting, two of seven from three. This guy, honestly, he would have gotten the chain tonight if the Raptors ultimately pulled it off. But uh, McDaniels was great. And I don't know if you always get this. I don't know enough about him. I haven't seen him. But if Chris isn't working, if Precious isn't working, try something else. McDaniels gave you a little surprise. My only thing with McDaniels is just play with more swagger. Bring with more energy. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's so subdued at times. He's so quiet. Like, uh, like almost tiptoeing around the, 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 the game that's happening. Like, play with a little bit more force. The aggressive the instincts were good today. Made the right cuts, uh, shot the right threes, made some good stops. Like, all good. So, honestly, if, if, if I see this on a more consistent basis, I think everyone would be very, very pleasantly surprised. Uh, your Gerald Henderson Award winner, I mean, it's got to go to Luke Cornett. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 blocks, 9 of 11 shooting from the field. Uh, yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. That's, by the way, the Celtics got that guy out of their G League system. So, like, they developed these pieces. They, they found and developed a Sam Hauser who hit three threes as he always does. You know what I mean? Like, and whatever. These guys aren't, like, deal breakers. Like, obviously, these guys are guys who come off the bench for you, to be very, very clear. But, like, if the Raptors had a Sam Hauser or a Luke Cornette today, they would have won this game. And those guys are just, like, purely scouting, development, coaching, improving on their own fronts, G League, NBA team, working in tandem, and then getting two rotation players out of it. Like, they took two guys, not off the street, not going to be rude, but they took two guys that they needed no picks, no money to invest in, got the right infrastructure around them, got the right scouting to identify who to take, and they got them into starting um, the positions tonight where they gave you 29 combined points. Like, that's what the Raptors need more of, too. That has to come back, man. That has to come back. But whatever. Uh, I guess is on to the Pistons for tomorrow. So thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptor Show. And honestly, like I'm trying a new microphone today. So let me know if you like the quality of this microphone or what to kind of deal with. But um, at least to me, it sounded really good. And uh, Jeff just wanted to, you know, try to improve my own craft. I don't know what I'm saying. Okay, thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back tomorrow. Please beat the Pistons.